Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher, the host of Three Swings. Um, it's a podcast about baseball and about other things. Um, I'm going to be really honest that I this is very hard to record this podcast today. I um, you know, talk about a lot of stuff on here, mental health, all that shit, and I just don't feel good and don't want to record this podcast but i made a commitment to do it and so i'm gonna do it um and i'm just having a hard time having my own experience through everything that's going on and i don't say everything that's going on in this dismissive way of like oh everything that's i mean literally everything that's going on from police brutality and the killing of black people with impunity, especially black trans people with impunity and the death of nearly 170,000 people just in this country due to the negligence of not only our federal government, but our for-profit healthcare system, a, a, an election that is, not only a nightmare from the just cultural standpoint of both sides, to be totally honest, um, but one that is now being dismantled in front of our very eyes by the removal of the post office, which has been a 10-year-long dream of the Republican Party to privatize everything, uh, to the simple fact that, I don't know, my actual industry is on pause. And I just mean stand-up comedy. I can't do my job. I have done Zoom shows. I have done Instagram lives. I have done those things. That's not my job. <laughs> That's not my job. My job is gone. And I don't know when it's going to come back. And the only people that get to do my job are the people who are so established they can have all these protocols and requirements put in place so they can get to do a show and make thousands of dollars on a special, 
you know, I, I, and, and half of them are rapists. So I just, I don't really, you know, I try to cultivate hope and gratitude and hope, believe that in saying this, it is my attempt in doing it to my, the best of my ability today. But I just realized today for the first time in six years, not only have I not watched a full nine innings of baseball, honestly, I don't even think I've watched an inning of baseball and I haven't played nine innings of baseball. Now, I don't say that to be a whiny little shit because people are going through probably the worst times of their lives right now. What I mean is just the recognition that my life and others' lives have been not just changed and momentarily put on hold, but completely uprooted through a global pandemic that is being treated as though it is nothing by some people and some people who are in charge and have the most information out of all of us and choose to make money over help people. And I just am having a hard time getting up in the morning. And I should even say going to bed at night. I fall asleep for maybe 30 minutes and then I'm woken up and I'm just up for the rest of the night and then I maybe fall back asleep at four and then I'm back up at seven. And like, it's just, it's, it's, I don't, I don't want ideas. I don't want what I should be doing. I don't want that. I don't want it. I don't want it. I want less people to only care about themselves. And I can't do that. That's out of my realm. I am not that powerful. And today I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. I, I just don't know what to say to you. I'm grateful that you're listening. I'm grateful that you continue to listen. I just don't, I just am out. I'm out. I'm out of gas. I got nothing left in the tank today. I have, I don't, I don't have it. I don't even have fumes today. There's, there's nothing. There's every time I see a glimmer of something that I enjoy in baseball, there's a, an immediate reminder that it is a foul you know I'm like excited that the A's are like taking an opportunity to do something with a weird season and like prove themselves to be what they've been for the last couple years which is a solid contender in a rigged division but then I see Mark Canna hit that home run and there's fucking people in the stands why are there people in the stands right now? Because nobody cares and everybody just cares about themselves. Not nobody. Not enough people care. Not enough people care to just stay home or wear a goddamn mask and pretend for just a minute that like somebody else might be affected more than you. Everybody's like screaming about science. Well, here's the thing. You can, you can make science prove whatever you want. It's compassion that's missing. It's not science. We're not missing science. There are scientists who don't believe that climate tra- change is real because they're lacking compassion and empathy. Empathy. We don't have empathy. We are lacking empathy. It is our most lacking resource in this country. We care about liberty and freedom for ourselves uh, and not for other people. Willing to sacrifice, willing to barter, and willing to make other people's freedom Not just kind of close. As long as it doesn't take away from my freedom, other people can be kind of free. 
And we do that every time we don't consider someone else. Every single time. Every time you consider somebody's opinion to be less than yours. And I know it is hard to hear that and think, well, I don't want to have to consider such and such's opinion. Well, unfortunately, that's how you build empathy. And like, I'm, I'll, I don't want to do it today. I don't want to do it either. I want to be mad. I want to be mad and do nothing. I want to eat nothing. I want to sit and do nothing. I want to stew. I want, I want everything to be covered in tar. I want everything to stop. Because I'm mad. And so I might be the most selfish one of them all. Here's some ads for some stuff that if you buy it, it will be very helpful for not only my podcast, but also Forever Dog. Really appreciate you listening to those things. I'm going to come back and I'll talk to you about baseball. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, coronavirus updates. This is from CVS sports and, uh, you know, obviously like everything changes every day and Brett bench coach, Brett gives me the best notes he possibly can. And by the time I'm able to record it, there's already a bunch of shit that's happened. And because I haven't really been of a mind of paying close attention to baseball, it's not as current as it could be like in this, there's nothing, no mention of the Cleveland problem, which I could only participate in so much. Because while I unabashedly side with the workers over and over and over again, I do think that there is a lot of lying and a lot of selfishness and a lot of self-centeredness. I also think this is why, I don't know, they maybe shouldn't be playing baseball this year because this is a problem and you're putting people in the position to do something like this. Um, I just read in my own unions, like, protocols for going back to work that, quote, uh, workplace safety always rests in the hands of the employer. And I believe that to be 100% true. Um, if you have to like take away people's liberty to go to work, they can't go do anything or go anywhere or see anybody. Um, even though those are the rules of all of our lives, I think perhaps you should consider your workplace to be unsafe. So that's what I have to say about Cleveland. I think they also are probably pretty stoked because they get to like send they, they get to be not that good this year and tank in a year when nobody's going to care and they get to still be Cleveland and then they get to rebuild secretly and silently and maybe not have to pay Francisco Lindor or worry about that conversation at all. But here's the updates. Major League Baseball's season is only three weeks old, but the schedule, God, it feels like it's been two months. 
the schedule has already been changed multiple times due to coronavirus outbreaks on two teams. This also doesn't include the Phillies, which also had an outbreak, I believe. Uh, the Miami Marlins and St. Louis Cardinals have both dealt with team-wide outbreaks. Miami was sidelined for more than a week before resuming play, and they're now cooking. Uh, while St. Louis has not been on the field since July 29th, they just played their first game yesterday, I believe, which would be August 15th. It was also my birthday this week, and I feel like some of my angst is from that as well. The Cardinals outbreak grew last weekend, and it prevented the team from taking the field this week. However, the Cardinals are set to return pl to play on Saturday against the White Sox after their Friday series opener postponed. Uh, as of Thursday, 30 different MLB games impacting a total of 11 teams have been postponed due to the COVID-19 cases. That's a lot of games in a 60-game season. That's a lot of games in a 60-game season, and this is, like, not a nightmare scenario, apparently, but it seems to me that it is. Um, and then, let's see, the early season trends. Through the first three weeks of the season, there are some predictable teams at the top of the heap, the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Twins. And the Yankees, I will say, have three players now on the IL list. They have Stanton, LeMahieu, and somebody else. <laughs> oh, Aaron Judge, of course, is back on the IL. Um, and they've got the depth, but again, like the Yankees are just injury, injury, injury prone. I also just want to say before I get into the early season trends, today they're doing another Negro League celebration on field um, because the other one was right at the beginning of the of the pandemic, and a lot of players did tip my tip my cap to the Negro leagues, which was cool to see just because it was like players not playing and um, participating in, in that kind of a gesture. Um, but I also tweeted this morning, the cut for uh, tweet, a Twitter handle was like tweeting out all the concepts and ideas that the MLB adopted from the Negro leagues. One of which being free agency, another one being um, uh, like, the sort of sideshow stuff that goes on in games like the Mr. Freeze and Runt or whatever he's called the, I don't know all, all the like showmanship stuff that's going on in the stadium to keep people engaged. Also part of the Negro leagues, the shin shin guards were invented in the Negro leagues. That was a new one for me. Um, and I just thought it was an interesting way to phrase that given that um, the MLB essentially decimated the Negro Leagues in their existence um, by, by the way they chose to integrate uh, black players into the major leagues. Um, it's easy, I think, sometimes to look back on something as integration, especially as a white person, which I am, um, and look at that and go, wow, what a great thing, and then keep walking, you know? Um, wow, integration, cool and then you go you look at the actual numbers and you look at how long it took and then you look at the numbers today of how many players are black in in the league like actually black which we've talked about on this podcast before and this is not like some purity test i just mean there are many afro latino players in the league which to a person simply glancing by a lineup card with visuals might think oh there's a lot of black players in the league when in fact um, it's something like less than 5%. There are now two black managers in the league, one of whom is managing a team that has a huge blight on their, on their record and their, their name. Um, and he is dealing with 
the biggest cleanup season, perhaps of all time, um, and has been sort of yoked with that responsibility. I feel like he is a person who can do that pretty well. Um, however, I do think it's interesting that a black man be called upon to wipe up after like a highly quote, highly respected white man's huge mess. Um, and you just look at the fact that when integration into the major leagues happened, the major league baseball associate, like the, the corporation had a choice to maintain in a way the Negro leagues as somewhat of a, an additional minor leagues. Now we could look back at that and say, well, wouldn't that be separate, but equal? Um, I think that in I feel from what I've read, what I've learned that that was used to decimate it. Like the, the major, the, the white executives of the major of major league baseball, because let's be honest here, they're all white at that time because they're choosing to integrate, which the choice rests upon the people in power, not the people who are being oppressed in this scenario and most scenarios. Uh, and so there was a moment where, an agreement or a sort of social contract could have been created to maintain the Negro leagues as a, as a pipeline, given that the Negro leagues existed because separate yet equal was something that was happening because black men and women weren't allowed to play in any major league baseball capacity. So the, segregation of baseball created the necessity of the Negro Leagues, which then created a community, a culture, and an economy all of its own in spite of segregation. And to truly integrate would be to boost and, uh, and, and remain open to the, the, and foster is the word that I'm looking for, the development of that economy in conjunction with the integration of black talent and players into the major leagues, which if that was going to be the ultimate, the dare I say superior league, then that is in my mind, the right thing to do to maintain these leagues. And over the course of time, which I don't think would have been very long, um, integrate them towards each other into the major leagues like integration towards each other while maintaining the economy and culture built up around the oppressed league slowly building that towards each other and funneling the minor leagues and the negro leagues towards each other instead of essentially ignoring it and taking the best talent out of it and placing it into white teams. Handfuls, if you will, of players. And then stealing its good ideas. And then fast forward to 2019, where an entire broadcast spectrum doesn't even refer to it within the context of the World Series. And yes, I... I I am I'm bridled by the joy of black players wearing some I will say pretty cool Negro Leagues t-shirts today um, to play. That's I think they're wearing some throwback jerseys that are all pretty. Nike has done a great job with that. As much as it pains me to compliment the company Nike, um, 
there are some really great jerseys in there. And I think it's important. But I also think it's important to like look at where these things went wrong and look to history to move our present a little bit more forward, I guess, um, where there are opportunities to do that right now. Um, and so I don't know, that's kind of just where I'm at with the, the Negro leagues conversation, um, and kind of where I'm feeling, you know, um, I'm actually going to look up the other thing that, uh, (laughs) that it was shin guards. It was celebrations. Let's see the first form of hitter protection helmets and shin guards. There you go. Uh, night games, night games, pretty big, were developed in the Negro Leagues as a way to attract the working class fan. Uh, Negro League players often went where they were most valued in between season, creating the earliest form of free agency in professional baseball. And the Negro Leagues recognized and celebrated their own form of baseball as entertainment with teams often holding foot races against fans pregame, among other things. So what I would say about that is that since obviously I did not get to witness what baseball was like in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. What I think, (laughs) what is interesting to me is that Major League Baseball stole the talent and they stole the concepts from Negro League Baseball, but what they were not able to import was its sense of joy and love of the actual game of baseball and the fact that it should be shared and shared widely with those who want to be a part of it. And that is what I have learned in my recent years of um, pilgrimage to the Negro League museums in Kansas City and in Birmingham in my minimal amount of knowledge of of players' experiences. Um, And that is the thing that I wish we could still have because the sort of major league baseball format, which there was an article recently about um, Rob Manfred wanting to like essentially own baseball, which I've been talking about for years on here. Um, The one thing that major league baseball could not do, could not integrate, could not, be willing to do is uh, cultivate joy (laughs) and a a true love of the game and care for a working class fan. Um, I think that is, is, is the through line of the Negro leagues is that it was born out of necessity, but that necessity was out of love because if you love something so much and you just have to play it and participate in it and give it to other people and as many people as you can, then that's a pretty righteous necessity, I think. Um, One that I feel is missing right now and that we were told we needed and is just not in this current form of baseball. Through the first three weeks of the season, there are some predictable teams at the top of the heap, Dodgers, Yankees, Twins, and some major surprises. The Astros are 8-10, and 10, and the Rockies are 12-6. and six. Which of these trends are temporary and which are here to stay? Uh, I think out of those two, I would say, I mean, I think both the Rockies and the Astros are here to stay. The Astros, 
are in a head game. They're m- one of their most, quote, consistent hitters and, quote, purest hitters of all time is hitting around 143 to 167. Uh, he is also not playing well in the field, and that is Jose Altuve. I think whether he was consistently cheating or not, the effect of the cheating clubhouse has gotten to him and his ability to play baseball. I think that it has gotten to the entire clubhouse, and I think that the reckoning is happening during this season. Um, Whether that will play out, I don't know, but I just think that it is much harder to hit the ball when you don't know what's coming. And I think the reality of not having that around them is actually playing out. So I think that's why the Astros are where they're at. I am sorry to the Astros fans who think the cheating thing sucks. And I'm sorry that this is the season that you're given. Um, I'm hoping that the reckoning comes swiftly and uh, they figure it out. Um, And then the Rockies, I think, are taking advantage of what they've been given. Um, I think the Dodgers will do what the Dodgers do best, which is fall flat. I think I don't think you can expect Mookie Betts to win every game for you, although he's doing a pretty good job of it thus far. I believe he hit three home runs the other night with five RBI. Um, There are 12 win teams right now. The following teams have won at least 12 games through the first three weeks. Who are the major, major surprises on this list? And do you think they're for real? Who are you surprised to not see on this list? You've got the Chicago Cubs at 13 and three. Honestly, surprised to see them on this list. Uh, just because I felt ways about them. Uh, the Oakland A's are 13 and six. I am not surprised about the Oakland A's. I am grateful they are taking advantage of this season and busting out of what is, I said earlier, was a rigged division. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are 13 and seven. Uh, I think the Chicago Cubs are also benefiting from not having to play this. St. Louis Cardinals very much. Not to say that the St. Louis Cardinals are that much better than them this season or anything like that. I just mean they're not playing the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, the New York Yankees are 12 and 6, not surprised at all. The Colorado Rockies are 12 and 6. The Minnesota Twins are 12 and 7, and the Tampa Bay Rays are 12 and 8. Uh given my uh preseason sort of picks, I don't think it's too far off. I am surprised that the White Sox are not anywhere near what I thought they were going to be. And also the Cincinnati Reds are not what I thought they were going to be. Um, I think the Miami Marlins, I feel like should be on this list, but I think they're behind. Um, and I'm honestly not surprised at any of these teams. <laughs> I do think we all thought the angels were going to be doing a lot better than they're doing, but they have to play the A's um, and the Dodgers. So Let's get into Houston Astros sub 500. The Astros are at eight and 10 through the first three weeks of the season. They were recently swept by the A's in a three game series. If the Astros goal this year was to prove that they can win without cheating, they are not off to a good start. Are the Astros really not as good as they seem the last three seasons, or do you expect them to rebound by the end of the year? I don't think they will rebound. And I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I, they are clearly a talented team. You know, they are clearly talented. But I think when you are using a method that gives you a mental edge as such to know what pitches are coming whenever you want, um, that's a steep drop off to then come in and not have that around and also admit to it. They admitted to it. We just didn't get to see it. But 
but they admitted to it. So they did do that and they did know what pitches were coming, um, which is a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage. <laughs> it is the most like important advantage in baseball. There is no other advantage you can really have. It's the only one, knowing what pitches are coming. Um, and so I don't think they will rebound. They've lost their like sort of captain of the team. And uh, like I said, their pure quote purest hitter is hitting sub 200. Um, and also is just flailing in the field. So I just, uh, I think that this is a wash season and I think they'll probably try to puff their chests up and point to the COVID shortened season and the, you know, all these things and try to sweep it under the rug and just come back next year with a full squad. That's my guess. Cause that's just sort of the Houston way. And I don't mean the city. I mean the corporation. Um, and Finally, we'll wrap it up with, are the Orioles a playoff team? Oh, the other team that I would say bears, wit bears checking out is the San Diego Padres. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. has finally found his swing and is crushing baseballs every single time he plays, picks up a bat, which is every game. He's not injured this season, and he is really stealing the spotlight from Manny Machado, and he is really something to watch. So if you want to see a a great home run. Watch Fernando Tatis clips on Twitter. Um, and are the Orioles a playoff team? The Orioles are 10 and seven through the first three weeks and only sit 1.5 games back in the competitive AL East. The wins have come in bunches with sweeps at the Rays, Phillies, and Nationals. Before the season started, ESPN gave the Orioles a less than 2% chance of making the playoffs. Is their surprise for real? Can it last? It's hard for me to say because it's only been three weeks and I felt like we, they'd been playing baseball for two months. So I don't, I don't know. And I'm, I'm going to be very honest that I'm not following baseball the same way that I did before, but I believe that anything can happen this season, just like anything can happen any season, but especially this season, a team like the Orioles could wind up facing a team like the Colorado Rockies in the world series. And I think both franchises and both fan fan bases would be absolutely stoked and I would not begrudge them any sort of asterisk for a world series, uh, appearance in a season like this. Um, because to be totally honest, I hope that it's teams that have been, um, the, the fan bases have been sort of disregarded and the, the corporations have looked to profits over performance and, um, don't pay the players what they should be playing and tank on purpose and, just kind of don't give a shit. And I, that's my hope for this season is that it's, it, it is teams like the Rockies and the Orioles that have dedicated fan bases who keep showing up, who keep buying season tickets, who keep wearing the colors, who wear the hats to work, who take shit on Twitter and listen to people complain shit on their franchises, turn them into jokes. I hope they get to play in the World Series. I hope they do. I hope it's somebody that has wanted to see this their whole life. I, that is that is the one thing that we as baseball fans deserve during this season, which shouldn't have happened. If it shouldn't have happened, at least, at least let it go to the teams who have, haven't been given a fair shake in every other season due to profits over people. That's, that's my hope. That is my one takeaway from this whole thing. So hopefully you can get from this conversation that in talking it out. You can change your perspective a little bit because I do feel a little bit different at the end of this podcast and I appreciate you sticking around for it. Um, 
if you are in St. Louis and you voted for Cori Bush and you voted to expand Medicaid, thank you. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. And keep fighting the good fight. And if you live in other places, please, please, please keep the focus on the progressive ballot measures, on the progressive candidates. Please, please, please do not lose sight. That is actually where we will change the country. We, the, the, the both parties, well, one party, Republicans have done a really good job of keeping their eye on local elections and winning them consistently over the last, I don't know, 30 years. And that's been a problem. But right now, a lot more progressives are running. They're running grassroots campaigns, and they believe in change for the people who need it. And it is our job to pay attention to that and not just the national election every four years. It is important to pay attention to who will be helping you and your neighbors in the chambers in your own city. It is important to put people in those positions that you trust, that you know that you can talk to. I... I posted about Cori Bush on my Instagram one time and she literally reached out to me and she called me to tell me thank you. Those are the kinds of people that we need in our government, in local positions, in federal positions. People who actually care, who take the time out of their day to give a shit. It is important, I think. So, if you are feeling lost, if you're feeling like nothing, if you don't know what to do, Find some progressive candidates in your area. Post about them at the very least. Read their policy platform. Talk to your friends. Do anything. Do anything. Do anything. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.